You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. So glad you guys are here. when I was growing up, I used to be, I used to be afraid of silence. Our family was loud. Excuse me. Our family is loud. We, uh, we loved God. We had so much dysfunction that has been fully restored by the way. But my dad dealt with major PTSD. He's was on the front lines in Vietnam and the things they saw over there. Right, Nate? Excuse me, Nick. Got it wrong. The things they saw over there wounded them for the rest of their lives. And the war they thought ended just began when they got home. And that's just not for Vietnam veterans, that's for all veterans, especially those who have been on war territory. I don't even know why I'm saying this, but so we just filled the stillness with noise. And so when it came to giving God space and being still in his presence, I couldn't do it. And so it's something through the Holy Spirit I've had to learn. But if you're like me on that, and stillness makes you uncomfortable, I pray that the Holy Spirit would allow you to embrace the discomfort and just be still. There's a practice that I have learned that I want to continue to do more, but it's called what I call going dark. I have a little little cubby underneath our stairs of our bi-level house. I have a beanbag chair in there, and every once in a while I'll go in there for 30, 45 minutes with dark and just be still with God. And it takes so much discipline for me to get in there. But once I'm in there and I come out, God's met with me every time. And so today... The subject matter today is all about meeting with God, doing whatever it takes to meet with God. And so I'm titling this message, Going Without to Seek God Out. Going Without to Seek God Out. I think we can all agree, us Christians, follower of Jesus, we take that seriously but we live in a very, very, very loud, chaotic, that's why I shared this morning, now it makes sense. We live in a loud, chaotic, distracting world. And so sometimes, and maybe even a lot of times, we need to learn the discipline of going without to seek God out above everything. And one of those ways, one of the most powerful ways to do that is something called fasting. Our Western civilization, especially in the 21st century, does not practice this a whole lot. It is catching on, 
with some health things, intermittent fasting and different things for health reasons, but that's not what we're talking about, and that's not what the Bible speaks about, although when we do fasting for the right reasons, our bodies are blessed by it. Fasting is not just a physical act of abstaining from food or drink for a period of time. It is a powerful spiritual discipline for those who follow Jesus to help us draw closer to God, to deepen our faith and our relationship with Jesus, and to grow in walking in step with the Holy Spirit. It makes us not rely on the things our body relies on, but to rely on our spiritual life of being fed by God. That's where Jesus was, went into the wilderness for 40 days to fast without water and food. We're not suggesting that necessarily. But he went into the wilderness to fully strip everything away, to be tested in every way, to then come out in the power of the Spirit that fully reinforced his ministry all the way to and through the cross and now the empty grave. In scriptures, fasting is often associated with repentance, meaning turning from sin. It's often used for humility. Man, nothing else will humble you more than going without food. And seeking God's wisdom and guidance. You can see this in the Old Testament in the book of Joel, the prophet Joel. It says this, yet even now, yet even now declares the Lord. He says this, return to me. Say return. Return to me. Say return one more time. Return. Fasting is all about returning to the main thing. Return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Now, Joel is addressing a people, a sinful body that has not recognized their sinful deeds, and so they have been disconnected from the blessings of God. And Joel, the prophet, is saying, return back. So a lot of times, fasting is stripping away in order to return back to what's number one in our lives. And so for today, I just want to focus on two things. Number one, the motive of the heart. The motive of the heart is everything. If your motive isn't pure on seeking God above all and seeking relationship with Jesus, it's what we call religion. Religion is laws and rules to make you look right with God. But Jesus pointed that out with the religious leaders that they were whitewashed tombs. They had it all together on the outside, but inside they were rotted death. And so the motive of our hearts in fasting is everything. I tell you, when I was in college, I would fast because I did. I wanted to pursue God, but I didn't strip anything else out of my life. I still went to class. I still did all the busy stuff, and I never stopped to pray and spend time with God. 
I still believe that God blessed it because of the motive of my heart. But I missed the second point that we're going to cover today is the how. How do we fast? What does that look like? And hopefully we'll address the questions that arise right now of, well, what if I have health problems? Or what if this, this, this? Take a deep breath. Fasting is not about perfection. Fasting is about seeking out the perfect one. So let's get started right away in the motive of the heart. And Jesus addresses this on the most famous sermon that's recorded called the Sermon on the Mount. In chapter 6, verse 16 through 18. Matthew 6, 16 through 18. Jesus said, when you fast... See, if you've noticed one of those three words, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces because they want to be seen, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward, the praise of people. In fasting, we have to ask the question, are we seeking the praise of people or are we seeking the praise of our Father? But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. That was a cleansing, a washing, so that you looked like everyone else. That your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Is there a blessing from God in fasting? Yes, 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 Anita. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. When seeking the right motives of fasting. So the motive of the heart, let's focus. I want to take just a few points from these verses, Matthew 6, 16 through 18. Number one, did you notice that Jesus did not say, if you fast? He is expecting and assuming that his followers fast. It was a practice and a discipline of all the Old Testament and into the new. It was not ended with the law when Jesus died and rose again. It was a practice that actually the early church continued to do even more than when they were with Jesus because Jesus said when they're with the bridegroom, you don't need to fast. It's when he's gone. It's a matter of when you fast. Go with me here, and I'm going to quote a Christian leader, pastor, and author named David Platt, and we're going to look at an acronym that he created in just a moment. But he says something, I'm going to paraphrase him, but it's almost like in this passage, Jesus expects his followers to fast. 
It's like a given in the same way that you read earlier in Matthew 6, when it says, give to the needy. When you give to the needy, not saying if you give to the needy, all God's followers need to be gracious and generous to those who are in need. And it also says when you pray, it doesn't say if you pray, Jesus is expecting you to pray because he taught you how to pray and he modeled how to pray and he showed the power of prayer. The same is with fasting just down the sermon on the mount. He said, when, just as he says, when you give to the needy, when you pray, he says, when you fast. And if you think I have this fasting thing down, I'm right along with you. I don't. But I'm getting there. David Platt says this, so fasting is as basic to the Christian life as giving to people who are in need and as praying to God the Father. Lord, get us there. Jesus shoots right to the heart, friends. He shoots right to the jugular. He reminds us that fasting is not about drawing attention to ourselves or gaining the praise and validation of others. It's about seeking the approval and the blessing of God who sees our hearts and knows our deepest desires. However, don't read this passage and think that just when you fast, if you tell somebody around you that now you're being guilty of being arrogant and seeking the wrong motives. He didn't say don't go and tell anyone. He's trying to magnify or bring about a point of your motive. There's nothing wrong with sharing with those who know your heart, who can pray with you and support you to let them know you're fasting. But if your motive is to let them know so that they think more highly of you and think that you're spiritual, you're better to keep your mouth shut. It's all the motive. And some of you, if God leads you to a fast, sometimes he'll tell you don't tell anybody. You need to be obedient to that. But there's also all throughout scripture, you see corporate fasts. So that kind of blows Jesus's words out of the water if we take it literal in the sense that we have to fast privately behind closed doors. There are reasons for corporate fasts. That means we do it together. We walk together, we link arms together for the same purpose and we're doing it together and we're holding each other accountable and we're connecting throughout the fast. It's a beautiful thing, but not always does God call us to a corporate fast. So we need to know the different, but the motive stays the same. It's not about look at our church. We're doing a five-day fast. No, if our eyes are on anything but Jesus, we're missing it. Might as well go eat. John Piper, theologian that's been around and a pastor and author from Minnesota, has incredible books. If you're going to read one of his books, I say, Desiring God is amazing. John Piper says this, Christian fasting, Christian fasting at the root is the hunger of a homesickness for God. 
Fasting without food is the hunger and the craving that reminds us that we are so hungry and needy for God. William Thrasher, he was a professor and a leader at Moody Institute. He says this, the abstinence is not to be an end in itself, but rather for the purpose of being separated, set apart, which means holy, set apart for the purpose of being separated to the Lord and to consecrate ungodliness. The purpose is to set aside all else and seek the Lord so that he may do spiritual surgery in our lives. So the pure heart, before we get to point two, the pure heart and purpose of biblical fasting is about pursuing and embracing the spiritual discipline of seeking out God, going without to seek God out above all things. So church, as we get into this, let us do so not by legalism or obligation or trying to be seen by anyone but God. Let us do this with sincere desire to grow more like Jesus to draw closer to the heart of of the Father, to abide and rest in Jesus, and to experience more and more and more of our dependence on the Holy Spirit. Those are the three things we're going to talk about towards the end of this. But that's the purpose of fasting. And and there's many different sub-purposes underneath that. But the key purpose is to seek the heart of the Father, Number two is to abide and align with Jesus. And number three is to seek out the Holy Spirit to have full access in your life. It's called surrender. It's called purity. It's called refining. It's called laying our lives down. Going without to seek God out above everything else. God will bless that, and he will do more in you than you could ever imagine whilst going without to seek him out. Now let's just focus on what that looks like of the how. And then, if you haven't heard by now, we are inviting everyone here in this body and everyone who connects somehow to Elevation Community Church to do a five-day fast with us. Before you take a deep breath and start to get really nervous, hold on. We'll get into the details later, but know that it's not gonna be legalistic. It's not gonna be restrictive. It's only gonna be how you feel the Lord leading you, okay? So let's go to how to fast, and that will help us a little bit. So we're gonna take an acronym that uh, the, the man I mentioned, David Platt, created And we're just going to kind of tweak it a little bit to meet where we're uh, at in this season as a church. But just take the acronym of FAST, F-A-S-T. You may want to write this down. And uh, I'll even let you know now there is a bookmark 
in front of you an every chair flap. Go ahead and pull that out. And what I would encourage you to do is flip it to where the blank side is facing you so that you can write these, this acronym FAST, F-A-S-T. And it's right there on the screen for you. The first one is FAST, focus on God. If your focus is on anything else, the FAST can be very ineffective and in the wrong motives. You focus on God. Often in life, would you agree with me that we often focus on the things that are most important to us or are most attractive or distracting? Whatever's getting our attention, it is that that we often focus on. Agreed? Agreed? Okay. So fasting first and foremost, is about our focus, intentional, diligent focus, attention on God. What you focus on is where your precious attention and awareness is. And so for fasting is, God, we're going to put additional and intentional attention and awareness on you. Our attention isn't on the food that we crave for. In our cravings and going without, God, we're seeking you out. When we focus on God, we're not fasting for ourselves. We're not fasting for others to see. We do this because we want to seek God more. We want to know Jesus more, and we want to love and worship God more and more and more. That's why we do it. We go without because something is better. Talking about food, and I hate to talk about food in the midst of fasting, and I'm so sorry about that, but it's kind of like when I grew up. Do you remember Old Country Buffet? We literally would not eat breakfast and lunch just so we could enjoy Old Country Buffet. I mean, we would go without because we knew that there was going to be roast beef, pastrami, fried chicken, and fried okra. Amen. We went without because we knew that something else even greater was coming. And when we go without... We're focusing on something greater than what we're going without. And it's a beautiful thing, and God blesses it, and he is so pleased with that heart and motive. So when you fast, you're not seeking attention or affirmation or validation from others. You're seeking the Lord's heart. You're seeking to return to the Lord's promises, and the reward is that God will bless you. Don't go into it thinking, well, God may bless me. No, he wants to bless you. It would be like my son and daughter going out and raking the yard and thinking that they would come in and I would scold them and ground them for a week. No, they know that daddy's got some dollar bills in the drawer in the kitchen island and they're coming out. But they make the choice to please daddy And they know when they please daddy, daddy pleases them. 
So F is focusing on God. The A. This is where it gets a little dicey, okay? And we don't have a lot of time, and I don't want to open too many cans for controversy. But for today, the A stands for abstaining from food. Well, can't we fast from social media? Yeah, you can. But that's not what the biblical fast talks about. That would be abstaining from social media. Bible even says that you and your spouse can actually abstain from sex for the purpose of prayer and fasting. You can abstain from the TV, which I would encourage. That would be a great thing to abstain from, but that's still not what the biblical fast gets to. But let me tell you, if you're doing something and abstaining from that other than food for the purpose to seek God, God doesn't care, in my opinion, what you do as long as you're abstaining from something to pursue God. But there's something that we see with the design that he's created us of our need for food. My wife can't understand if I'm busy and I'm productive, I can go without two meals until I crash. She's like, I don't forget meals. (laughs) I can go a day without food. Many of you can go a day without food. Try two days. Try three days. Your body begins to say food, 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 and you say, God, 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 God. That's where Jesus said, Man doesn't live by just bread alone, but by every word of God, okay? So abstaining from food, a biblical fast is abstaining from food. I don't believe that God frowns on any abstinence of anything for the purpose to seek his will, okay? Most people, not all, but most adults, most adults, not adolescents, adults, are physically able to abstain from a meal or several meals for a day or for multiple days up to 40 days. However, just like bodybuilders, they start small with weight. They stretch their muscles to the limits of their body as much as they can, and then they give it a break for the muscles to form. It is a discipline, but the reward is great. A bodybuilder, if I went into the gym, (laughs) okay, if I went into the gym Bodybuilder would probably put me on 20-pound dumbbells, if not 10 pounds, and work those in reps and work your way up. Same as in fasting, except if the Spirit of the Lord is in it and confirming it through his word and through others, that's between you and God. But I would encourage you, if you've never fasted or it's been a really long time, I would start with one meal. Breakfast or lunch, and take that time that you would be putting food in your mouth 
to be putting the living word in your mouth. Go for a walk, sit still, limit your physical activity. Start small, but always be guided with the right motive. Now, some people just aren't physically able to fast. Please, please do not feel guilt or shame. If you are sick in any way, or if you're under the care of a physician, if you're feeling led to fast from food, you need to consult with your physician. You just may not be in a place and know that that's okay. If that is you, maybe you have diabetes, maybe you have different uh, situations that you have to have specific nutrients in food, okay? Uh, Know that that is okay. So in this five-day fast as a church, you still can fast. Ask the Lord, "What what is it I'm craving other than food that needs to go for a time so I can seek you? This isn't legalistic. So you can't fast with food right now. Okay, what else is God putting on your heart to seek him? Okay, does that make sense? Yes? Okay, good, 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 good. Focus on God. Abstain from food if possible. And we'll get to the logistics in just a minute. The S. This is important. Substitute your time. I got this wrong. Now, did God strike me down and punish me? No. Are you literally going, when your kid is learning how to ride a bike without training wheels and they fall down, are you literally going to throw the bike on top of them? Get up. No. My goodness, that's not how our loving father is. You did this for me, and you didn't make it like you wanted to, but I am pleased with your heart. Friends, the moment we start putting all these legalistic things around it, we're not fasting for the right reasons. We're just fasting. God, we just want you. Whatever you want to do in my life, whatever sin I have to address, just do it, Father. And so substitute your time that you would be eating. Go to your car. Go to a local park. Go to a prayer room. Do you have to be reading the word in that time? Not necessarily. But press into God. Seek him out. Be still and know that he is God. Learn to breathe distraction-free. It's a beautiful thing. Substitute your time. While you are taking a break from feasting on food or feasting on social media or feasting on whatever fill in the void, you are going to be feasting on God. We knew when we were going without for Old Country Buffet that we were going to have a feast. And that's what kept us going. Feast on God. Feast on his goodness. Blare the worship music. 
Let God's presence fill you and guide you and be with you as you go without to seek him out. Focus on God. Abstain from food. Substitute your time and tea. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalms 34, let's read it together. Could you, uh, is that up there? Could you guys read out loud with me? Can we do it? Ready? All voices. Taste and see that the Lord is good. All the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his people, for those who fear him will have all they need. Verse 10. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. And Jesus is saying the same thing that this psalm says when he says this in Matthew 6, 31 to 33. This is the same chapter, mind you, that we just read about fasting. He says, stop worrying about these things, what you will eat, what you will wear, where you will go. They were consumed with it. Can you think of anyone else? Yeah, us. So stop worrying about these things, Jesus says. What you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear, these things dominate your thoughts. The thoughts of unbelievers but your heavenly father who you believe in already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God. Read those three words with me. Above and live righteously. What does that mean? You live in a way that is right with God. And there's only one way to be right with God. It's Jesus. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. (laughs) Seek God above everything else. I read this morning a devotional that I read a lot from a guy named Oswald Chambers. And it's called, My Utmost for His Highest. If you're looking for a devotion, I would recommend that. You can get that on Amazon or any bookstore. My Utmost for His Highest. Here's a quote from today's devotion. The great concern of our lives is not the kingdom of God. But how, by the way, this is, this is hun- at least 100 years old. But how we are going to take care of ourselves to live. That's, a, that's usually the American dream, right? It's not just America. It's every human being. Jesus reversed the order by telling us to get the right relationship with God first. Maintaining it as the primary concern of our lives. And never to place our concern on taking care of the other things of our lives. Jesus was saying, don't make food and drink the controlling factor of your life. Ouch. 
Some people are careless about what they eat and drink and they suffer for it. They are careless about what they wear, having no business looking the way they do. Hello. They are careless with their earthly matters and God holds them responsible. Jesus is saying that the greatest concern of life is to place our relationship with God first. Everything else, second. That, by the way, That is what Jesus talks about, that he has come to give us life and more abundantly. We think that we can do that while putting God second or third or fourth or fifth in our lives. Doesn't work that way. So the acronym of FAST, the acronym of FAST, can we put that up one more time? Focus on God. Abstain from food, if possible. Substitute your time and taste and see that the Lord is stinking good. So pull out the bookmarks if you haven't yet and flip it to the side where it talks about this five-day fast. Worship team, I'm almost done. I'll have you come up in just a moment. Why in the world are we doing this? We've never never in the history of Elevation Community Church never done a five-day fast together. Why are we doing this? Well, the purpose of this corporate fast, as you see, is to, number one, seek the Father's heart. And there are scripture verses that you can read on your own that really talk about that. Number two is we want to abide and rest and remain in the love of Jesus. We're asking Jesus to be the first thing of our lives. And number three, we're seeking the Holy Spirit's will and ways. Let me say that again because I I just love how that's phrased. We're seeking the Holy Spirit. He's God, third person, person of the Trinity. He is the one that dwells within us at the moment of conversion. It's the Holy Spirit. May I say this? Every believer, every true, genuine believer has the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. And they have access to all of the Holy Spirit. You can't get more of it. It's accessible. It's about getting more of us. We're giving access to more of the Holy Spirit that already is there by seeking his wills, will for our lives and his ways. We say, Holy Spirit, your will. Holy Spirit, your ways for five days as we seek the heart of God and as we rest and abide in Jesus. If you look at the top, it says the five-day fast. We are not dictating anything of this. You don't have to join us. Please don't do it out of obligation. Don't. If you're doing it out of obligation, wait until the right time when you're ready to do it, to seek God wholeheartedly. It doesn't matter what you do in the fast as long as you're doing it unto the Lord and you're seeking his guidance. It may be breakfast. It may be dinner. It may be lunch. It may be a combination of those. It may be caffeine. 
maybe wine or a certain specific kind of meat or protein. It may be sweets. It's, it's, it's whatever God is leading you to do. But today, I, before Monday, before Monday morning, we need to have a decision. If we don't have a decision and Monday morning comes, guess what? Mm, breakfast smells good. You need to have a decision. And I would encourage you as we do it as a body, you need to have someone knowing what you're doing and praying for you, whether that's your spouse or someone in your community group or someone before you leave, you tap on the shoulder and say, can I have your cell number? Can we connect this week? Can you pray for me? Can you reach out and make sure that I'm staying the course? We need each other. Keep it simple, please. Keep it simple. Whatever you can do. And again, if you're dealing with high blood pressure, you're dealing with uh, glucose problems, anything like that, or honestly, if you haven't done it before, just start simple. Seek your physician. Seek something else that is drawing your attention and seek the Lord above all things. Have I made that abundantly clear? Yes. Okay, okay. Now, Wednesday gathering. We're doing a five-day fast individually, but as a, a, as a group. We want to encourage you. Maybe you're not doing food. Maybe your schedule is completely busy and chaotic. Maybe you need to fast your schedule and strip your evening activities. What? Yeah, maybe. Wednesday night, specifically, Come join us for worship. We're going to read the passages for that day. We're going to take communion together, and we're going to pray. This is important this week as we're fasting to come together. Please don't miss it. If you're going to join us with fast, we're asking you to make this a priority, if at all possible, so that we can do this of one accord. Fasting brings about unity when we do it together for the right reasons. Our body needs unity here. It's beautiful. God's doing amazing things here. But we need to continue to understand that we are in a battle and the enemy wants to divide this body. Fasting is one of the greatest ways to kick the enemy in the face and to prevent that division. Okay? Wednesday, 6.30 to 7.30, and I'm just going to be honest with you, it may go to 8. There will be no child care. I apologize for that. Honestly, if you do need childcare to make it here, come see me after church and we will provide that for you. We will provide that for you. Just in times past, we haven't had kids when we've had childcare here, and so it just hasn't worked. But if you are coming and you need childcare, come see me or Amanda. Amanda, are you in here? Raise your hand right back here. Amanda's not in e-kids today. Yay, praise God, she's out here with the body. It's amazing. It's important to do that. Anyways, our daily reading for five days, we're going to read through the book of Acts. It works out to where it's almost five chapters a day. Five chapters a day, probably about 15 to 20 minutes. If you're a slower reader like me, it may be 35. That's okay. Read the word and then daily ask, God, what are you saying to me? Holy Spirit, I give you permission to move in whatever way you want to move in my life. 
Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and forgive me, I don't know why Thursday and Friday are capitalized. They're not more important than Monday through Wednesday. It's just the way my computer decided to do that. Please do not hesitate to email any questions or prayer requests to us. If you're, you're running into a problem, please contact us and we'll reach out to you. We also are going to provide, take these home, take these home with you, take an extra if you want, but we also are gonna post daily on our Facebook page, daily. And you will, if you receive our ECC weekly emails, you will receive an email every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It will give you the passage. It will give you the Lord's prayer to pray through. And let me just say this, uh, one of our elders uh, caught this, and it is quite humorous. The prayer we're going to pray through says, give us our daily bread. <laughs> it is quite funny. But uh, it's interesting, I think, too, is to understand that fasting is seeking another daily bread other than the physical food. And so when we pray, give us our daily bread, what is it other than food that you need? And I think that's kind of what what, what God is talking about, what Jesus is talking about. Give us what we need when we need it. But every time you read that and you read daily bread, it's okay to laugh and say, Pastor Phil, what are you doing? So every day, Facebook, every day, a daily email, and then Wednesday, we're gonna fast together by coming together to pray, worship, read the word, and communion. Would you bow your heads as the worship team comes up? And I actually lied. Raise your heads, open your eyes. We're going to read the word as a prayer. We're going to read the Lord's Prayer. Is it on there? Did I even give it to you? Maybe I didn't. I apologize. Hey, I love our tech team. So I want us to read this together. And let's just start with our Father, okay? Ready? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We chose the, the King James Version because they have not left out that last line. But in any translation you choose, that's what we're going to pray through every day in this fast. And not just say it, we're asking you to slow down and truly reflect on it. And so would you now bow your heads and I want to pray over you. Our Father, who are in the air we breathe around us, all present, all knowing, all powerful, holy is your name. That means your name is set apart from all else. Your kingdom, God, come. As we seek you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Your kingdom come. May your will 
be done in our lives right here on earth as it is in the kingdom of heaven. And I pray for every single person that in some form or fashion goes without to seek you out this week, that you would meet them in such a powerful way, oh God. You would do heart surgery in us and you would break through in this church and in this community. Give us what we need, oh God. Not what we want, but what we need. And for some of us, we're gonna spend most of the week asking for forgiveness and forgiving those who have sinned against us. Father, protect your children as they go forth these five days. Keep them from temptation of evil, but deliver them from evil. And I pray as we come together on Wednesday and then next Sunday after a five-day fast, we're going to praise you for thine is the kingdom. We're gonna worship you for thine is the power. And we're gonna adore you for thine is the glory forever and ever. Amen. I want us to take this time to either stand, be still, come to the altar, meet with God, but also seek him out for what this week looks like for you. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly impact Bible study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.